Greetings in Jesus' name this morning. We are welcome to be, I mean, we want to welcome each one of you here to our services today, and we just ask that you can be here and be blessed with the Word of God. Um, so, today I have got a message that I am looking forward to presenting. Um, and yesterday there was a brother that said that he's going to need to be bringing earplugs along today because he heard that Norman's going to be preaching. So, um, bear with me because this is a, this is a message that I am looking forward to presenting because it, it, it's a, it's a, it's a message that rings strong and clear. And I think it, I hope it resonates well with each and every one of you because it has to do with children and raising them, oh my, I bet you're shaking in your shoes now because after all, here's a guy that hasn't, doesn't even have children. What does he know about teaching them? But I think that the Bible gives clear scriptural um, insight on teaching and, and training children. And I believe that children are a blessing and I, I rejoice to see so many young children here at church today because this is... This is the church of tomorrow. This is, I think, if I remember correctly, when this church disbanded a few years ago, there was, there was seven members here, and the, the youngest person here was 71 years old. And I don't think that they felt like there's life, that, that this church will continue. And here we've got all these children here today that hopefully will be continuing carrying on the baton for the rest of us and and yesterday or on thursday there was another one added and and i rejoice in that and i enjoy children i really do um how many of you mothers ever feel like <clears throat> this might be a selfless um you know a thankless job Come on, raise your hands. Oh, there you go. Yep, be honest. I think every one of us here as parents would be able to say that at times that they feel like this is a thankless job. Do you ever get up in the morning and feel like, oh, no. This morning I get to do laundry. I get to do make lunches for the children, send off my husband to work. You know, I'm going to be sweeping the floor, I'm going to be picking up toys, and tomorrow I get to do it all over again. I mean, this is not what God intended for me. Yes, it is. It is. There was a, there was a science teacher that told his, um, he was teaching his children about magnetic fields. And he said, he asked his, and these were high school kids, he asked them, he said, um, what is the thing that I'm going to be talking about today. Starts with M, and it picks things up. And there was a 14-year-old raised his hand, and he said, it's mom. <laughs> well, I think, I think that that may be true in today's life. Sometimes we do feel like we are just the picker-up of stuff. Sometimes we feel like, like the dad, that instead of carrying money around in his billfold. He's now carrying photos around in his billfold. But you know, he does it willingly because he's willing to make that sacrifice for his children. There was a, there was a young lad that, um, and I had to think of some of our young boys here at church today when I read the story. 
there was a young lad that, that wrote out a bill for his mom. He said, you know, I'm going to be charging you a dollar for picking up or taking trash out. I'm going to, to charge you a dollar for um, washing the dishes. I'm going to charge you a dollar for... And, and he came up with a grand bill at the end of the week of $10. And then his mother, in reciprocating, she, she wrote out a bill for him. She said, I'm going to charge you $10,000 for doing all your laundry over the last 10 years. I'm going to charge you $20,000 for fixing all your food for the last 10 years. And since I was your nurse for the last 10 years, I'm going to charge you $100,000. And, and she itemized everything, and in the end, she says, you owe me. I, I love you is the grand total. And that's the way the parents do this for your, for your children. Because they do love you. And they want the best for you. And sometimes it looks overwhelming, the things. And I think, I think Jeremy can relate to that at the end. You know, when, when Conrad and Ardell and Emily stepped into the water, there is no greater joy than to know that your children walk in the ways of the Lord. And, I, and that's what we're wanting to talk about today. And that's what I want to be an encouragement to you young parents. Keep on keeping on. There's going to be times that it's going to look thankless and it's, it, it's going to look like, why are we doing this? But you know, in the end, there is no greater joy than to know that your children walk in the ways of the Lord. Let's um, turn to Psalms 127. I also had the privilege last, last week, we had family here for Thanksgiving and um, our house was quite full and we ended up running out of beds and, and um, I asked the couple, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law, if they would mind going to the cabin for the night. I said, we'll take care of your children. And their youngest is a year and a half old and they asked me if you know, will he be okay? And I said, well, does he sleep all night? <laughs> as long as he sleeps all night, you know, yeah, sure. And they left for the night and had put the children to bed. They were not supposed to know that parents were even gone. You know, this is going to be great. About 15 minutes. Children have an uncanny way of knowing about these things. And about 15 minutes after mom and dad left, there commenced a lot of wailing and squalling and carrying on, and I quick grabbed the year and a half old before he'd wake up everybody else in the house. And got him quieted down, and I don't, I don't remember how the night all went, but I ended up out in the recliner. Um, at, and fortunately, I didn't have to work the next day. Um, but you know what? Not all of us have that ability that we don't have to work the next day. You know, sometimes we have to get up and, and do our thing. And so we, sometimes we might start thinking that our children might be a nuisance. And I, and I, I don't think that's, that's biblical teaching at all. I don't think that the Bible teaches us that children are a nuisance. Psalms 127 starts in with, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. What kind of a foundation are we building for our house? What do the children see? It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrow, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. 
Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. <clears throat> so I often think that, that children are a blessing. They, we might look at it as a, um, as a thankless job, but in the end, we do have something that's worth sharing. And, and, and children, for, for your sakes, I want you to know that you are so blessed to have parents that love you, that in spite of not always being lovable, we still, our parents still love us. And they're willing to make sacrifices for us because there's, there's friends in my life that, that did not have the, the role models for, for, their, um, for their guidance system, I guess you could say. And, and I do believe that, that we do have a step up in life. Now we are, however, you know, despite the best parenting, and that, that is probably, probably the, the thing that got me started on this whole thing, this message to start with, was because I was approached by a lady that was struggling with one of her daughters, was not going in the direction that she wanted her to go. And she wondered if I'd have if I'd have time or take time to talk with her daughter about um, the direction that she was headed. And she goes, Norman, what is the Lord trying to teach me? And, and you know, there is, a, there is a scripture in Proverbs, and uh, I think, I believe it's in Proverbs 22.6, that it says, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And I don't think that that necessarily literally means that they won't depart from it because we are every one of us regardless of what kind of a what kind of a um, background what kind of a upbringing that we've got every one of us still are free moral agents every one of us are still allowed to make that decision whether we want to choose to worship God or whether we want to worship ourselves and may I say the devil and so we have that ability to guide our children in the right direction. We have, that, we have that ability to point our children in the right direction, but in the end, they still have that decision to make whether they want to make that commitment to the Lord. And, and she, this mother made the comment, she says, I'm not exactly sure what the Lord's trying to teach me. And I looked at her and I believe that she's, she's a good mother. Um, I, I believe that she cares for her children. She, she definitely wants what's right for her children. But you know, why would her daughter not want to, to walk in the same way that the mother did? And I assured her, I said, you know, if, if your children turn out the way that you want to, was it because of you that they did that? And she goes, no, it was because of the Lord. And I said, why are you blaming yourself for that the child didn't turn out exactly the way that you thought. She said, well, is the Lord trying to humble me? And I said, you know, sometimes we get this. We get this, um, we get this idea of what our children should look like, and therefore we'd like to see our families all gathered around us in a, in a big, happy family in, in, in our church, in our community, and it'd be nice if they'd live, you know, close to us, you know, 
you know, maybe less than two miles would be nice. But um, in the end, is that what God wants for us? Does God see, see the future that we see? Does he, does, he, um, does he always see the direction that the, our children are taking? Does he, get the whole, does he get the whole picture? Do we get the whole picture? And, and that's why I believe that God sometimes sends us in a different direction than we possibly, or takes us in a different direction than we, had, that we thought that it would look like. <clears throat> Um, children are like sponges, and I believe that. More is caught than is taught. And, and so often, we think that we can, we can surely reprimand our children. We can surely use, you know, we can tell them not to touch this mic, or we can tell them to eat their food, and surely they will, they will catch on. They do. I mean, when they're two and three, you can kind of, you can kind of get them to, to, to do the things that you want them to do. But you know, in the end, what they, what they really see in mom and dad's life is what they're probably going to be really reading. And I think they read a whole lot more than a lot of us ever want to give credit for. Um, there again, I don't have any children. So I don't know exactly what this is like, but I do know I've got nieces and nephews and I'm amazed at the things that they catch. Um, and you've probably heard this story before already, but I was, I was at my sister-in-law's place one day and I knocked on the door and she came to the door and, and my nephew came to the door and met her there as well. And I don't remember what he made the comment. He made some comment and, he's, and she said, I thought I told you that you don't have to say everything that Norman does. <clears throat> well, this was kind of this was kind of fascinating and interesting to me, and I asked him, "So what? What did he say that he shouldn't have said?" And then she said that, "Well, I told him to do something," and he was about seven years old at the time, <clears throat> and he looked at her and he said, "Well, who died and left you, boss?" So, <laughs> I guess I must have made that comment at some point in time. And, and that's not, what he didn't realize is that's not the way that you answer mom. It, it doesn't win brownie points. And, and it, but it is something that, that I do in life. I don't have these young, young people following my, my example, I don't think. And yet I do. You know, there are people that are looking up to you. And everything you do... Um, What, what's the name of that song? Watching the things you do. Walk in the light and be pure in your sight. Somebody follows. Yeah, it's somebody follows you. There is somebody that's following you. We need to, we need to be, it's important that we need to set, set role models that are, that are um, good. The other thing is, is that sometimes children are a whole lot smarter than we think that they are. Sometimes we say that there's something that's important to us. We say, and, and I want to turn to that and I want to read it. <clears throat> well, actually, we say that we have a vision. In Proverbs 29, it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. And I believe that, 
I've, I've said this over and over again, and I don't think that I can say it and emphasize it often enough. Where there is no vision, the people perish. <clears throat> we do need to have a vision. Because if we don't have a vision, we aren't going to end up in the place that we thought that we were going to end up in. <clears throat> I know that, that in Deuteronomy 6.6, 6, uh, yeah, I believe it's in Deuteronomy 6.6 6 and 7, I believe it is. I was inspired when I read that. Right, it was in Deuteronomy 6, verses 5 to 7. It says, And thou shalt serve the God, and thou shalt love thy Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt, shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. That doesn't give us a lot of downtime. Because I believe what's really important to us will come through. We can teach our children. We can, we can sit there at morning devotions and we can, we can tell our children, now today, children, I want you to, I'm going to work. I want you to listen to mommy all day long. And, you know, no fussing, no whining. Um, I just want you to be good children today and rush off to work. I love you, kids, and rush off to work. And anybody that knows me knows that I am not talking to the rest of you people. I'm talking directly to myself because it is way too easy. I say that I do love the Lord with all my soul, heart, and mind. But you know, what is my focus on? Do I spend more time in the Word or do I spend more time following my, my financial pursuits? Do my children actually know that when I'm struggling with something, that dad or mom are going to be willing to sit down, take off from their cooking. They're going to take time off of their job if need be because I am the most important to them. It, what are we actually teaching our children? When I say that it's important that you're an honest, don't you be lying to me. Don't you be, don't you be cheating on at school and yet they see dad pulling off a a slippy deal um you know financially um what are they learning sometimes i believe that we are not teaching our children what we think we're teaching them i believe that we aren't we aren't taking the time for our children the way that we should and and there's only one chance at it. We only get one whack at this raising children thing, and then it's all over with. And, and I believe that there's going to be times that you're going to need to be, be probably, I know that my parents did, made a lot of financial sacrifices. They spent a lot of time with things that they didn't really, that would not have been their choice, but because of their children, they were willing to make that sacrifice. <clears throat> um. And, it, and, and there was a saying that I had, I had read, and it said, it, it's, you don't force, force the things on the, ch the children. You're demonstrating it by your lives, and that's the best way that you can teach it. <clears throat> and what are, what are we actually teaching our children? Do we teach about respecting others? Do we teach about respecting our elderly? 
Do we teach about volunteering for the sheer pleasure of helping someone else it's, it's, and serving the Lord? Or is it just something that we think, well, you know, we're busy, therefore we can't do it. But we, I think it's important that we teach them that it's, it's more than about ourselves. There was a um, story that Dina had actually read to me this morning as we were rushing around wildly trying to get our family ready for church. Uh, and she, she said um, there was this, oh, actually, maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was we were talking about it at, at the breakfast table. She said that this mother had told her younger sister that only had, she had 10 children and her younger sister only had two. And she said, you know what? You can look forward to it. It's only going to get busier. <clears throat> you know, when, you're, when you've got two children, you're young, uh, they're young. There's a lot of wailing and gnashing of teeth going on, and you don't see an end in sight. Sometimes it looks pretty overwhelming when you're a young mother. But she um, had volunteered to do the um, chores while the rest of the family, she, she kept the two youngest, and the rest of the family went away on a, um, to, a, to look at the eclipse or something, and she volunteered to do the chores. And that morning, um, she was reminded of something. She was reminded that these, the older children are actually valuable assets to the family. I almost called it the business, but no, I think it's, it's the family. They were actually, um, she said, I ended up having to take the, the high chair out to take care of the, you know, the baby out there while I was milking the goats. She said the two-year-old left the door open. The goats all got out. You know, and finally, after she was ready to leave for home, she, or I mean, leave for wherever she was wanting to go, she got into the van and strapped herself in, and then all of a sudden remembered, oh, there's no one in the back seat to strap the, the little ones in. So she had to get out, and, and the same way when they were getting out, she had to unstrap them again. She, she came to the realization that maybe, maybe she's not as busy as she thought. It just changes. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a change, it's a, it's a thing that you, God gives grace and he gives strength in a different way, I think. <clears throat> um, and then, then there was a quote that I enjoyed too after that. It's a, when, when we're talking about spending time with our children, there was a quote that kind of caught my attention. It says, children don't say, we had a hard day, can we talk? They say, will you play with us? And that's sometimes about the last thing that I think probably some of you parents want to do. Um, I know at the, end of, at the end of the day, I'd like to sit down. Just let me take a five-minute nap and I'll be ready to go again. But no, most times children don't see that need for a five-minute. Yeah, sure, Dad, go have a nap. But when they're yelling and running around and carrying on, it's a little hard to relax and take that nap. But... Anyway, teaching is important. Teach them that there's consequences for the, the choices that they make or the, whether they listen or don't listen. Listening is important. Discipline is important. Chastening your child shows that you love them. The Bible, the, that's biblical. That's, that's teaching. Many people tie up their dogs but allow the children to run wild. Don't make rules that you're not, that you're not prepared to enforce. <clears throat> None of us are perfect parents. I think all of us can look back at life, whether we're parents 
or whether we had parents. I think all of us can look back at life and we can say that um, we didn't have a perfect upbringing. We're not going to make that same mistake, are we? Well, guess what? Probably are. Probably going to make worse mistakes than we ever knew that our parents made with us. But it's okay. Apologize to your children. They appreciate that. They don't think less of you because you apologize. It, it's okay. We want, we want our children not to grow up making the same mistakes that we do. And in order to do that, they have to realize that their parents make mistakes just like everyone else do, and they're willing to admit it. <clears throat> There's a quote that I really appreciated again. Parenthood is about guiding the next generation and forgiving the last one. You know, sometimes it's easy to look at our parents and say they really messed up in life. We would never make that mistake. But you know what? We probably will. Learn to forgive the mistakes of others. Life isn't fair, never will be fair. You know, Jesus died on a cross for each one of us. It wasn't for sins that he committed. And I don't believe that, you know, if he would have died on the cross because he thought that it was fair, I know for a fact he wouldn't have done it. Life isn't fair, and we need to be able to, to roll with the punches. <clears throat> and, and there again, we're coming back again, making us full circle, coming back to, you know, our, is, that a, is that a depiction of us being poor parents? if our child doesn't choose to go down the road that we chose for him or her. I don't think so. I believe that we read about godly men in the Bible that, that their children turned out in an, in an absolute different, headed in an absolute different direction than that, that they would have chosen for him. We look at David and we look at his son Absalom. I mean, it was horrible. I think the grief that, that David had when he, he experienced when Absalom actually ended up dying, he went on a fast, and they weren't sure that he was ever going to break away from that fast because he was, he was sorrowing and grieving for his son. It was not the choice that David would have made for him. We read about Eli in, in the temple I don't think it was the choice that he made for him. But I do believe that we do still have our responsibilities, that we want to set the groundwork for our children. <clears throat> um, being, being encouraging, and I think, I think that is something that we want to look at. Parenting is hard work. And that's what I find interesting in here in this, in this congregation. We've got older people, we've got younger people, we've got single people. We've got married people, we've got unmarried people. Every one of us have got a role here to play in this, in this journey of life, and we need encouragement. And let's be an encourager to each other. Let's, let's, let's lead people. Let's, let's encourage people in the direction that they should go, and also, let's remember, there's gonna be times that we need help ourselves. And I think that's probably a whole lot easier for myself to look at and say to be, to be an encourager and to, you know, to, to walk alongside or to, to um, um, 
be a mentor to somebody. But how about when I need help? Can I be humble enough to ask for help? It's no fun to show people that I'm a human being just like the rest of us. But every one of us are not that perfect that we can walk this path by ourselves. It, with God's help, all things are possible. But with the help of a church, with the help of brothers and sisters in Christ, it becomes so much more doable. And I would encourage that we all walk alongside each other. <clears throat> um, there was a, another interesting thing that I read or heard. I'm not exactly sure. It doesn't matter. It says, uh, the moon is a reflection of the sun, but only reflects 20% of the sun. Slight. We should also be a reflection of the sun, and this is spelled with an S-O-N instead of an S-U-N. And we should have at least some of his attributes. And I believe that that's something that we can, that we can look at and say, no, we are not going to be the shining light that Jesus Christ is. But, you know, in somebody's life, we can be a reflection and we can be a, we can be a help and an and, and, um, asset to somebody's struggling on this journey of life. <clears throat> I was, last night, I was uh, listening to Daddy's Hands because I believe daddies hold an important role in family life today. And then as I was paging through the um, comments, and I appreciated one of the comments that were, were brought up. It says, um, I want to make a tribute to that man that made me fear the sound of leather against leather. I think that when that belt was coming unstrapped, he knew that he was in trouble. He said, but he was also one of the best men that I've ever met. You know, I don't think at the time when, that, when he was listening to that belt coming out of the straps that he was, he was looking forward to this at all. I don't think that he ever imagined that there would be a time in his life that he would probably see that man as the best man in his life. But I also read the comment that it says, if your child never hated you, then you're not a parent. In closing, I want to read from 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. <clears throat> I would be able to quote it in German, but I don't think that many of you would probably be able to get a whole lot of that out of that. It says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast. This is a daily thing, and I, I read that quote somewhere. It says, The hardest thing about Christian living, it's a daily thing. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord.